0: Episode 49. After a mere two weeks and two days of rebellion, Kyle returned to the belly of the beast. Why did he do it? First, he had overstayed his welcome at the Avalas. No one had said anything to that effect, but he felt his and Molly's imposition like a weight on his chest. The apartment, already cramped, had become stifling. Between her shifts at the nursing home, Enrique's mother had been cooking for eight people. Then, perhaps to assuage his guilt, two days ago Kyle had seriously embarrassed himself and the whole family. He had begged Enrique to tell his father that he would pay for him to go to the doctor. Bob's no-no was clear enough without a translation, but Kyle insisted. Tell him it would be my privilege to help. Enrique translated a bit reluctantly. Bob turned red and began to yell and gesture until his coughing knocked him back into his chair. He says no thank you, Enrique said, picking at his pinky. Second, he had gone to see Katie at the link again. On the topic of Hunter, Katie had grown unresponsive and was working her way toward hostility. When Hunter had brought them their drinks, Kyle had clamped his hand on Hunter's massive wrist and said, "'Don't hurt my little girl,' which was actually a terrible thing to say. Of course Hunter would never intentionally hurt her. Hunter said, "'I won't.' He had looked ready to say something else. But Katie had patted his hand to stop him and glared at her father. Kyle handed his I.D. to the guard in the booth. The guard nodded. "'Welcome back, Mr. Majewski,' he said. "'The name still had some pole around here. "'That is one beautiful set of wheels,' the guard added, leaning out to better ogle the van. Kyle wrote down Enrique's name and number for him. The guard peered into the back seat at Molly. "'So that's the old girl, eh?' "'Old? She's two and change.' "'Yeah, but Jessie's the Christmas spirit now, you know. "'She just did her first gift-of-the-day announcement on the Giving Channel. "'God, she's gorgeous, like a little angel.' Jackie had mentioned this Jesse to Kyle on the phone. She had seemed surprisingly receptive to the idea, if not to the child herself. As he turned the van from Generosity Street onto Angel, Kyle passed a guy out walking a dog. Further down, a woman washed a car in her driveway. Life in Christmastown seemed almost back to normal, or, rather, normal for the first time. "'We're home, we're home,' Molly sang, clapping her hands. So that was the other reason Kyle had returned. Put it this way— Life was basically a matter of hopping from one rock to the next across a huge, rushing river of pointlessness. Sometimes the rocks were close together and you could just mosey along on them, not even thinking about what you were doing. Other times, the pointlessness rose up and threatened to knock you off your feet, so you stayed on whatever rock you happened to be on, even though you didn't want to be there. You wanted to be on that rock over there, so you gathered your remaining strength and off you went, and you fell in and had to scramble onto that new rock's slippery face, and when you finally got your footing, all you knew was that you really missed the rock you'd just been on. That rock had been pretty cool. Maybe, in fact, it was your rock, but now it was too late. Your only hope was to try to enjoy your rock in retrospect." Christmas Town, Kyle had begun to think, was his rock. It was definitely Molly's, but both of them could still enjoy it in the present. And Jackie? She was neither rock nor river. She was the riverbed, the foundation, and the cradle of everything. She saw the van in the driveway and ran out to meet them. She looked beautiful as always, in shorts and a tank top, her blonde and brown hair in a disheveled ponytail. Since it was too hot to run outside, she'd probably been on the treadmill in her home gym." Her dark eyes looked weary but also calm. They flashed to life when she saw her daughter. Kyle set Molly on the grass and let her run to her mother. Jackie knelt down and hugged her. "'Welcome back, sweetie. I missed you so much,' she said. "'I missed you, too,' said Molly. "'I'm a mermaid now.' "'That's wonderful,' said Jackie. She stood. Kyle leaned against the van. "'How are you?' she said. "'Good. "'How's Katie?' "'Really good. I saw her band, The Patients. They play at the Missing Link these days. They're excellent,' Kyle said." Katie's performance was one of those retrospective rocks, he realized. The patients were great. He hadn't been able to appreciate that until now. "'Stick's doing great, too,' he added. "'Did you see Hunter?' "'Yeah, he's great. He asked about you, Jax,' Kyle lied. He raised his head to examine the dome. The sky was perfectly blue, no auroras in sight. "'It's coming down next week,' said Jackie, following his gaze. Kyle's heart sank for a moment. The weather had certainly been one of the upsides of Christmastown, but then it occurred to him. Without the dome, people would really need delivery services. For at least half the year, they would not want to go outside. Enrique would make a mint painting the vans. Molly danced on the lawn. Scarecrow City, Scarecrow City, Scarecrow City. Jackie watched her. I'm glad she's out of that whole CED pressure cooker, she said, but you should see the new kid they picked, Jessie. She looks like a little baby alien. People seem to like her. Being the spirit is no big deal anymore. Town too, has been put on indefinite hold. Basically, all givers can hope for from now on is more and better thank-you coupons. The stores will give them the coupons directly to save time. So people will be giving to themselves. Same as it ever was. They went inside. Look at this, Jackie said. It's my new computer. It's called a laptop. I can take it anywhere. Kyle touched the heavy, black, whirring thing. The screen said, New Town, a limitless future. "'It might not seem like it now, but it's actually going to be a lot better,' Jackie said. Nervously, she kissed him on the cheek. He hesitated. She folded her hands, as if in prayer, and touched her fingertips to her lips. Kyle took her hands and kissed them. He kissed her lips, her cheeks, her neck, her lips again. They held each other, and Kyle sighed. After all these years, their bodies knew just where to settle. Topper Moss went home, too. After thirty years, he had had enough of the weird frontier that was America.' The Myra episode had done it. The way she forgave the monster who she thought had eaten her husband had pierced Topper's exhausted soul. She embodied the exact notion of mythology that he had been trying to get across to his viewers. She had devised an epic tale that allowed her to live. However, she was also barking mad. In her, Topper had seen his future, the fate of everyone who traveled to the frontier's farthest edge so he went home to his old mum's house in the british midlands she was so happy to see him that she telephoned his four brothers and sisters and they gathered around the table that evening to share what had once been topper's favourite meal of kidney pie it was revolting but he could not have been more pleased to eat it that night his mum tucked him into bed in his old room He'd been the last to leave home, and he had gone the farthest away. Perhaps that was why she had preserved his room like a shrine. His posters from boyhood still adorned the walls—cowboys, Indians in feathered headdresses, canyons, herds of Mustangs kicking up red clouds of dust. Topper sighed and turned out his light. Already America receded from his vision. From this distance he saw that it was not larger than life at all, but smaller. Its people and its myths grew opaque. They stiffened into action figures or pieces on a game board one could reach down and move them about for one's own amusement.